0: Beyond Goodbye is a podcast that explores dying, death, and grief, and may contain sensitive or distressing material that could be triggering for some individuals and is not suitable for all audiences. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. When the body is awake, the soul is its servant and is never her own mistress. But when the body is at rest, the soul, being set in motion and awake, Has cognizance of all things, sees what is visible, hears what is audible, walks, touches, feels pain, ponders. Welcome back to Beyond Goodbye. I am your host, Angela Sturm. The quote you just heard is by Hippocrates, and it's referencing dreaming. But when I read this, I got to thinking, what if death is simply setting our souls into motion? Often death is seen as the end, and in some ways it is. After all, we were never meant to live in these bodies forever, and when they no longer serve our souls, we shed them. I'd like to think, This is comforting, and in a way, maybe for me it is. But how do we get there? The place where we can find comfort in our belief that the soul goes on. How do those of us left behind reconcile the spirits of our loved ones who once were with human loss of the present? Why do we even need to be in a place where this is a thing? Many of us have lost someone too soon. My loss has caused me to question everything. And one word plays over and over in my head. Why? Why death? Why can't our souls inhabit these vessels forever? Why do I need to feel so much pain at the loss? Why would someone take my children's lives like that? Why is this country, this world, so hateful towards one another? I quite easily find myself heading down the rabbit hole with this one word. Why? Well, in today's episode, my guest, Joshua Fredrickson and I, will touch on why death. Joshua is a licensed clinical social worker who specializes in brain injuries as well as a licensed realtor, has unfortunately experienced the pain of losing someone too soon. Josh has agreed to share his story with us and talk about the whys and what we as a community could use more of. Josh, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Um, We'd like to use this show to hopefully help others who really haven't found a way to process and in these little snippets these little bits of time my hope is that we're giving them a voice and at the same time they have a place to go where they can be like this doesn't make me I'm not crazy someone else is thinking that someone else is feeling that Um, and that's kind of the goal of this so I really appreciate you agreeing to be on today
1: and I appreciate the opportunity to do so
0: thank you so well let's start out with telling us about your law
1: story sure so, um, it was two years ago. Um, it'll be, well, two years in July. So July 30th, uh, I believe I, I always get it wrong. I always either say the 31st or 30th and my mom always corrects me, but she's not here. So, uh, but, um, I was out, uh, actually at a friend of mine's house out in, uh, on Enchanted Island, Lake Minnetonka, one of my happy places. And I just got done working out, um, with my buddy, Brian and, uh, I was uh, on my way back home, and I got a call. Um, and it was my nephew's dad, Jim. And uh, Jim said, "Hey, Josh, you know, have you talked to Katie?" And I said, "No." And he said, "Well, I just got a call from a cop from Brooklyn Center, and she asked me where Amory was. And Amory is Jim's son and my sister Katie's son. Seventeen years old, and uh, and Jim said, "Well, I think he's at home," and the officer said, "Make sure he stays at home, and he does not go to his mother's because he does not need to see this."
0: Hmm. Take, your time. Take your time.
1: So, of course, my mind goes racing. I, I you know. Katie, you know, didn't always make the best choices. You know, I was thinking, okay, maybe, you know, her and her friends got caught doing something they shouldn't be doing. Maybe she was using drugs again. Uh, You know, the last thing that I I was thinking of is that I I was gonna find out that I lost my sister. So, uh, thank you. So I, I sped. I sped to her home and uh, I pulled up and I saw the, uh, the crime tape surrounding uh, her house in the block and I came running up and the cops came running up and it, they stopped me and uh, they told me she was gone. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, my knees buckled, I hit the ground. And I started bawling. And I sat there for about an hour, just staring down at the, at the ground. And the police officer came up, and she said, you know, they're about ready to take her out. She said, it can be really hard to see this. And she, she advised me to, to get up and go, and I took her advice. I sometimes regret it. Sometimes I don't, I don't know if I really needed to see that, but part of me feels like I did.
0: Why do you feel like you did?
1: Like I needed to see it just because it was like my last opportunity to see my sister. But I wouldn't even have seen her, you know, she would have been wrapped in a sheet and God knows what else I would have seen.
0: Yeah. I chose not to look at pictures and things um at the trial because of that it's not what i wanted my last memory to be because my last memory already was you know that they'd been murdered
1: yeah um
0: i don't i don't think you should feel guilty about leaving i think that was wise advice from an officer who probably sees this enough times to know yeah you know yeah did so, they
1: get who did it? Yeah, they did. So we they they, they knew who it was. They didn't tell me right away, mm. but they knew who it was. So apparently there was Katie had two friends at, at the at the house um, that when they heard the gunshots, they actually jumped out the window oh. and and it was uh, the guy who did it. His name was Michael Klinger, and Michael was somebody that Katie had dated probably six, seven years prior. And, you know, Katie was the kind of person that would never turn her back on anybody. And, um, sometimes, and I, you know, this is what I said in my speech at the court, is sometimes, you know, we'll hold on to relationships that can can be toxic. Yeah. And this was no exception. Um, This man actually, uh, lived at my house for a period of time. Um, yeah, I used to rent out to, uh, Guys coming out of Teen Challenge, right when I, uh, um, you know, soon after I bought my home, you know, I was working, it was before I had any of my degrees and I was, you know, just struggling to get by mm-hmm. and, and uh, trying to make good choices and stuff. And, um, and, and Mike needed a place to stay and so I let him come and rent um, at my house. And, um, he ended up ditching out on me. Um, you know, on the, like I came home on the first one day and he was gone. All this stuff was gone. Um, but, you know, one thing that I recognized about him when I was living with him is that, you know, if there was anything deviant, if there was any anything uh, that was exploitative, if you will, um, if there was something that would be of questionable character, those things really interest him. Like, he was one of those guys. You know, let's get over on this person. How mm-hmm. can we exploit this girl? You know, how can we do, you know... That's, mm-hmm. that, that. Those are the things that, that seemed to really, you know, you'd see a twinkle in his eye almost when he started talking about him or he heard about the mm-hmm. opportunities. And I would try to, you know, give him feedback and, you know, tell him where that's going to get him. But I'm quite certain it went through one year and out the other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then time and history would prove that I was right.
0: I suspect the man, um, Antoine Suggs, is who murdered my children. <clears throat> and uh, Lois Foreman and Natasha I suspect that he was the same. Yeah. He got off on, you know, taking things and seeing what he could get without giving anything and not really having a care in the world for other people. Yeah. Um, and that's hard because, you know, how do you, how do you reconcile that with human behavior when you're not (laughs) like that? Right. It's like you look at that and you can't understand it because you're not that person. That's Mm. not who you are. It's so true. Um, and it's, yeah, it's hard to see human behavior. Humans in general have come to not like many in this day and age.
1: It's so hard because I am intrinsically a loving helper. That's what I was created to do. And, you know, when I see those kind of character attributes in people, it's really, really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, My heart of hearts wants to be compassionate and caring, but to be honest, I, I get angry. Yeah. I get angry at him. You know, I have a friend that's, you know, he's, he's trying, but like, you know, some of the things that he does and I just, I, I, I just
0: probably even more so now
1: I bark at him, you know, mm-hmm. I bark at him and I'm like, listen, that is not the way to be. And you are not going to act like that around mm-hmm. me. And, um, you know, and, and I don't know that that necessarily falls in line with my values, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it is insidious those you know folks with those kind of personalities and behaviors, mm-hmm. and you have to really watch yourself when you get around them so you don't yeah. become them.
0: Yeah, you really do. Yeah. you really have to be very aware of who you bring into your circle mm-hmm. and spend time with and, and give your energy to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said this in a past podcast where the one of the biggest things that biggest changes I've seen in me after this was my circle of people became very small. And I didn't feel guilty telling somebody, I'm not interested. I didn't feel guilty saying, yeah, no, I'm not going to hang out. I set much better boundaries. And it incredibly made some people really angry. (laughs) You know, all of a sudden they can't do this to me or walk over me or expect me to do something for them. And um, that was kind of freeing in a way. Um, But I was also surprised at how little my circle got when I chose to really just make decisions that were better for me and and my family that was left i mean i i feel like i lost a third of my family you know the two kids and my mom it was uh it was a tough time and i get to a point even now where sometimes i'll be in my car and think i don't actually really care about anything except for the grandkids and my last remaining son and my dad of course but outside of that it's like if i make somebody mad don't care even at work, it's a struggle for me. At work, I love my job, but some days I get in there and I, I I lose focus. It's really hard for me to stay focused sometimes when I'm upset. This week was really tough, as I was telling you before we started, and and I sit there and I'm thinking, I got to get caught up and get this done, or I'm going to get fired. And then I'll be like, I don't really care. I do care, of course. You know, I have to bills to pay mm-hmm. and whatnot. But my attitude, I think, part of that. Is probably some depression and just not working through some things, but it's, it's a hard place to be. What do you do, um, to soothe yourself? Like what are, what do you, what are some of the tools you use, if you will, um, to comfort yourself when, when times hit like this? Well, every day even, because it's every day, right? I mean,
1: it doesn't go away. No, no. Some of my happy places are, uh, the gym, I call it Camp Happy, actually. (laughs) Um, Nice. Yeah. Um, Time with my dogs. Time spent uh, uh, practicing my faith. I'm a Christian. I like listening to podcasts and radio um, and uh, altruistic pursuits. Mm -hmm. Um, I love helping people um, almost to a fault because you can't give away something that you don't got. Yeah you know so you gotta you gotta find out how you fill that cup back up again and, and you know the aforementioned I guess it would be some of those things and I'm constantly seeking out new things and new ways um, to be able to fill that cup back up because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's hard you know and um, you know I'm gonna be 50 years old in February I mean, excuse me in September um, you know so that's gonna be a reality in life hmm you know, these next 20, 30 years, however long, you know, 40, God willing, right, right. that I'm around, um, there's going to be a lot of death. There's going to be a lot of loss, yeah. um, you know, um, and uh, that's just a reality of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, going through what I've went through and what I've seen my family go through and the community go through, and with you know, with my sister and other incidents and things that I see. It's uh, it's tough.
0: It is. And I I always wonder. Um, you know, my dad is seventy six now, and uh, his cancer had returned, but it's now in remission. Um, but I always think like I'm I'm just not ready yet. It's mm-hmm. too soon. I have a friend, a very very dear friend of mine, who I've known. Gosh, we've known each other f- forty years, maybe. Yeah. Um, and she was right by my side through all of this Mm -hmm. she's dealing with a very serious aggressive cancer right now that just came out of the blue oh no and i look at that and i'm thinking i i can't lose you too i i mean Mm -hmm. we've had this whole life together and we have these things planned you know Mm -hmm. for the future and i mean i know it's not guaranteed but it makes you ask why? Mm-hmm. you know do you do you find yourself asking that the, the whys of everything and and going down that ra- I go down a r- huge rabbit hole, like I get on soapboxes like no one's business on why this, why that I don't believe in this. I don't believe in that. and it's it's a struggle like literally, why death?
1: yeah so for me. actually kind of easy mm. created things have limitations to one another whether it be physical things or living things like us right we have limitations we were created we're imperfect we're not gonna we're not gonna be around forever and going back to your your commentary about the soul but the soul can go forever mm-hmm. right and when i think about the word why right it's like the, the answer is there already right we all have free will mm-hmm. we can all make our own choices right and we can use that free will to do good things or we can use that free will to do bad things and some people choose to do bad things mm-hmm. with their free will and hurt other people and take from the world around them and give nothing back and cause pain agony and and that's that's how they fill their cup and it's it might be hard to wrap your head around, but you don't have to because you're not them, right? On the other side of the coin, there's some people that do things with their free will that are beautiful and wonderful and helping and healing and thoughtful, caring, kind, compassionate, altruistic, right? And there's, there's our answer, that's why, that's why. Because there is good in this world and there is evil. And unfortunately, folks like us have to encounter both. Right? I wish it could be just good. Know, but i can't sit here and tell you that i have been good 100% of the time either
0: yeah me neither yeah you know, me neither
1: but i want to be <laughs> <laughs> me too i really do I, I you know i when i pray that's what i ask you know yeah. can i just be better than i was before can i just be a good man can i just you know model that kind of person that i you know that i want to be mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh, some days i'm successful you know other days i'm i'm, I'm lacking
0: yeah. That's true. Every now and then I'll catch myself being a little petty about something and I'm like really mm-hmm. or judgy and yeah. like really did you really need to go there, Ange? Or even I for a long time mm-hmm. I suffered from a little bit of like anger driving yeah, or yeah. those, you know, flipping you off kind of thing, which I don't do now cuz I don't want to get shot, but even now sometimes I'll be cussing someone out that did something and I'm thinking really, Ange is that necessary? I mean, maybe they didn't see you or, you know, or maybe they're rushing to an emergency like Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I I try to kind of rein myself back in, but yeah, I do find that it's human nature, I suspect that.
1: It is. It is. And we all
0: have it in us. Yeah. You know, so some people are just better managing it that or have a better moral compass. I don't even know if it's that. I think it's, I think it's, well, you're the brain guy. I think it's something more chemical. It is. With, those kinds of
1: decisions it is some people are wired differently than others some people are very reactionary and can't deal with anxiety the same way that other Mm -hmm. people do right and um and then it comes out sideways you know Mm -hmm. and oftentimes it can be bad behaviors can come out as anger um you know can come out as depression Mm -hmm. um irritability discontent you know some people even get violent you know um but none of those are good things no Nope. and um but it's hard you know and i can totally identify with it i mean like i get behind the wheel that's like that that is that is right now my mountain my mountain Mm. is to be a nice guy in the car because i'm not a nice guy in the car yeah you know and i you know i just my in fact it's funny that you mentioned that because i was just talking to one of my best friends last night um which you know what i also would mention that is also part of what i do to heal is my friends and family Mm. but i was talking with him and he you know he's close enough to me and he's like dude You know, you kind of scared me the other day when we were driving, like, you know. And I was like, you know what? And he's like, oh, shit. He actually literally said that. And I was like, no, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, thank you. I'm like, no, thank you for being brave enough to say something.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because this this isn't anything that I'm not aware of. Yeah. You know, like, this is something I pray about every day. You know, it's like. Reminders once in a while. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so. It's a thing, you know,
0: my middle son, Matthew, who was murdered, he, he struggled with some mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, His dad was bipolar and you know, they don't diagnose kids as bipolar under the age of 20 or back then under the age of 20. And I remember him telling me when he was very young, uh, I got home from work and he was sitting on the couch crying and he says, why am I, why do I have to be the one that's not normal? And, you know, his brain worked differently. He didn't sleep. He was ADHD. He just was, and he just, he was a creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so he could pick up any instrument and teach himself. He had perfect pitch when he sang. Wow. Um, he was very gifted. But, you know, with that, it seems like the brain, mm-hmm. you know, is lacking in other areas. And um, and he was he was on medication. He was fine being on it, even as an adult. And I used to have to tell him. Maybe everyone else is the one, are the ones that aren't normal, you know? <laughs> right. And we'd have long conversations about it. And i like to think I gave him all the tools that I could. I mm-hmm. mean, he, uh, as far as I know, wasn't a violent person. Mm-hmm. Um, he did struggle with some substances and then he'd go mm-hmm. through, well, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yep. Well, and then, then it's, then he's back on it again. You know, yep. it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but he... Use the tools. He he was very empathetic and very very sensitive to people. He did not like hurting people's feelings. Yeah, um, and his got hurt real easily. Yeah, and so he told me one of the last things he said to me is probably a couple of weeks before he died. I was picking him up. He was he was chronically homeless. I mean, he would be living with somebody and then it didn't work out. Then he'd be living somewhere else and that didn't work out and so forth um, until he had his daughter and then he started. To, I, I don't I don't know what. I don't know that the cycle would have stopped, but he started taking some different steps. You know, so he got on a list for some housing. He got a decent job. My daughter got him a good job, waiting tables, which fit with his ADHD and yeah. romp. He's a real people person, and he told me when uh, we were driving back, <clears throat> he says, "Mom, I don't want you to feel guilty about telling me no. I had I had to set some boundaries with yeah. him at, you know at some point, so that I wasn't." Yeah, he was. I wasn't enabling. Mm -hmm. And he says, I don't want you to feel guilty about saying no to this or not helping me with some things. And he says, because this isn't your fault. He says, you've given me all the tools that I've needed. And I know that you love me and I know you do this because you love me. He says, I have the tools and the position that I'm in is because I got myself in that position, not you and uh i have that's the first time i've been able to say that without crying
1: wow yeah i mean you what know? a powerful <laughs> statement of self-awareness
0: yeah and he yeah. really just um it was nice to hear because i did feel guilty mm-hmm. um and just to know that he he really had some introspection going on there yeah. you know because of his daughter and just making those changes i mean if anything could be left with me yeah with them being murdered that was one of them you know uh, and our, and in fact, our very last words that night before he was murdered was, he said, I love you, and I said, I love you more. And that was the last time, you know, and that was hard. And my daughter, I had got her job uh, with me as my assistant. And um, that Friday, and she was still working on weekends, waiting tables, because yeah. her and her fiancé were, our boyfriend, soon to be fiancé, Lois, were saving up to buy a house. And yeah. she came over and she was filling out her death benefit life insurance and she's like did I feel this out right and I said yep and then she flipped her hair she had real beautiful long hair she flips her hair and she goes but we all know you're dying first and then two <clears> days later she was dead and it was the worst thing ever and um yeah and I go back to the wise I don't know if I'm where you're at with the wise to be honest I have a lot of questions and um Answers that I get or answers that, you know, as I'm talking with other people, mm-hmm. it still doesn't. It mm-hmm. still doesn't satisfy. And honestly, I don't think even when our souls go... I do believe souls and spirit go into a, a different place. I do believe that goes on. I mean, energy, can't create mm-hmm. it, can't kill it, right? Can't. Um, I don't know that we get all the answers, though. I, I had a friend of mine say, oh, after my mom had passed... Oh, well, now she knows, has the answers to everything. I'm like, really? I don't know what she does. <laughs> and that's where I'm at with yeah. my wise. You know, I'm still really, really, maybe I'm still very angry. Yeah. I don't know what I am. I feel very, um, what is the word? I feel very dissociated with everything. You know, I'm real indifferent
1: to a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. Um, well, you were cheated. I was cheated. And, and she, their
0: kids were cheated. They
1: were. And that, that breeds indifference. Yeah. You know, think about it. If you're, I mean, if you're out there playing a game of volleyball against a, another team, right, and you know that they're cheating, eventually you're just going to be like, whatever. Yeah. Like, what? why am I even trying? Yeah. Right? They're True. cheating. True. Right? It's a great and, analogy. You know, and it's, and that's 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 what it breeds. It breeds this indifference, this, this numbness, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know? Um,
0: what do you think, if anything our communities could do or we need within the communities. Because there's so much violence right. out there now. It's so much hatred. I just, get mm-hmm. it.
1: So, you know, a, a, a lot of it, I think, you know, goes with our media and what yes. we're pumping out. Oh my gosh. You know, and...
0: You're right.
1: But I can't say the media is totally responsible because who watches the media? Mm-hmm. We do. hmm Right, So, you know, I, I think that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not God or I'm not, you know, Buddha or the Dalai Lama and I don't know everything in the world. But what's coming to my head right now is I'm thinking is like, you know, we, if we can just start, you know, on a person to person level, right, to teach our friends and our family and our young ones that, that love first, Mm-hmm first right the rest of those things all have their place
0: we have we also have to um, going along with love we have to mirror image that we have to show people what that is exactly people really don't know what that is anymore we Mm -mm. say love so freely but do you really know what that means no it's an action it is a
1: verb yes love is a verb yes right it is not a noun (laughs) Yeah. okay it is something you do choose to do yes by choice. Yes, it's every choice. Every day, every hour, every minute, yeah. every second, you can choose love, yeah. or you can choose the other things. Yeah. And it all comes back down to that volition thing, that yeah. free will. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna choose to do something good, mm-hmm. or are you gonna choose to do something bad, mm-hmm. right? And you can call it the law of sowing and reaping, karma, whatever, Yeah. you know? I, Newton's law, you know, for every action there's an equal mm-hmm. and opposite reaction however you experience that right it's fact
0: yeah yeah that's what I'm hoping to honor my children in with their children my grandchildren yeah. is to mirror love and we talk about you know the kids talk about their mom and dad's death well yeah. Melanie doesn't she's only four but she ta- well she does talk about it she learned in preschool they had a um, an animal die and she learned what death was and when she came home she was so upset with her mom and she said is my daddy dead and it dawned on her what that meant um but we all talk about it and we talk about the man who'd done this i have an episode on forgiveness um and natasha's dad was on with me he's on the coin right on the side of not forgiving and i have forgiven Um, I don't like using that word. I use release, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's my own, you know, psychological Mm -hmm. thing. But I talk with the kids a lot about empathy, about... I don't talk about the the killer because I want them, I think, when they get older to come to their own choices. But we do talk about um, remembering that we're all born pure. We're innocent. Yes, we are. And there are people that have these experiences that cause them to behave certain ways. And there are people that have... Brain chemicals that are a certain way, but we can still work with that, and mm-hmm. we can still be choose to be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the community has been fantastic to us, and our first what well, was really the second Christmas because they died in September, and then it was October, but the Christmas um, in 2023, uh, not 2022. Sorry, um, the community came together, and they had an inordinate amount of gifts for the children. And I, had just, I sat them down before I let them open the gifts. And I was like, this is not what we're going to have all the time. Christmas is not about gifts. And we had a talk about the importance of giving to community and that the community was giving to us because we were hurting. Yeah. And that they were choosing to do this by gifts and experiences. Yeah. And I said, and as you know, more Christmases and holidays come, we're going to do that for our community too. Yeah, and they they got it. I asked them to repeat to me. What does that mean to you? Yeah, you know. And they got it. And that's what we do all the time. We we do that at, at opening doors. The boys, you know, even Zayden, who's seven, he opens the door for people. And uh, we say excuse me. We say thank you. We make sure people are okay. And and um, we don't bully. You know, we make mm. sure we're not bullying. So it's a constant being an example and then requiring that yeah. of the kids and hopefully. You know, that's one way, I guess, to make the change our community needs. I just wish everybody would do that. I think it's a hard place to be at when when your mindset isn't there. And -hmm. especially if you haven't experienced what we've experienced and losing somebody like that. I think it's harder to be kinder when you've not had loss, I feel like. I could be wrong.
1: I don't think you are. Um, I think it really brings things into perspective, you know, and you know when you encounter it yourself it's it's, it's an entirely different scenario yeah. it's 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 pretty easy to give somebody else advice mm-hmm. you know and, and and support somebody else right but to to give yourself advice yeah. right or to support yourself that's an entirely different thing it's hard it's it's sometimes nearly impossible yeah. you know? but when it comes down to it this is what i know is 100 percent true is that there is basically two ways to deal with trauma in the end at the end of the day Right, One of them is that you go and continue to do self-destructive things, you go down to dark places, you continue the hurt that, was that, that, that you were hurt by, mm-hmm. and engage in it, and you let it eat you up and destroy you. Yep. Or, you take that hurt, and you use it to motivate you, to examine your character, mm-hmm. you use it to try and help other people. <coughs> What it comes down to like if like if I can take a shot, if if I can keep somebody else from taking a shot on the chin that I've already taken, mm-hmm. right, now all the pain and suffering that I've been through, right, has got some purpose and meaning. Yeah. And purpose that's and meaning beautiful. will get you through.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, friends, we have come to the end of our time. Thank you, Josh, for being so vulnerable and sharing and coming on today it it really does i I get emails and like direct messages and things like that from people who say that i had one woman say i now i know i'm not crazy and somebody else that said you know i'm referring you this podcast to other people it does help to hear we're we're in pain it could be two years it could be one month it could be 10 years it's just good to know that you know there are people out there who you can listen to and know that you're not alone yeah you know yeah.
1: and i just like to say i really appreciate the opportunity to come on your, your podcast cause just in support of my last statement you know mm-hmm. being able to try and do anything positive that i can with this horror yeah right it's it's helpful to me and i mean know if there's just one person out there that that this helps yeah. this time was worth it that's how i
0: feel too yeah if you help one person in your Just life one person you've achieved what you're supposed to yeah
1: and let's hope that maybe today helps more than one anyway yeah. huh? yeah so yeah oh.
0: let go of their deaths and remember their lives i heard this in a movie titled half light the main character lost her child to an accidental drowning and she kept her living that day triggers everywhere Triggers do that to those of us who have lost someone. The main character had a lot of unspoken whys. Whys that keep us in the moment, the day, the hour, loss happened. I am constantly thinking about why this happened to our family. What my children must have gone through. What were their thoughts? Were they afraid? Did they even have time to be afraid? I look at their children, my life, and the world through the lens of someone who was broken. Often forgetting to remember their lives. It's hard, but our whys may never be answered. Our souls and spirits, they live on and move on. I must learn to accept some things with which there are no answers. So for today, and I can only do this one day at a time, I will let go of their deaths. I will let go of all the whys and focus on remembering their lives. Thank you for sitting in with us today. We hope our conversation around why death helps you as you navigate your lost journey. And if you are enjoying these episodes, please hit like and follow on your favorite podcast site. Bye, all.